African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the African perspective. Remember, we're on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. That's our shortwave service. You can also join us on DSTV on the audio bouquet channel on channel 802. And you can also stream us live. Our streaming facility online is on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. You with me Benjamin Moshatam. I'll be with you midday until midday and uh, we'll be looking today at uh, the Angolan elections that are already taking place. It seems that uh, things are set on the go in the country. Uh, now Angolans are currently at the polls and uh, uh, it, it seems to be marked as a historical election which sees the end of the presidential reign of President Eduardo dos Santos. Dos Santos the leader of the People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola has decided to go on retirement after 38 years in power in the country that has had many economic challenges uh, during his rule. Now, today on the program, we're looking at how the elections are going. We'll try to get our correspondent in Luanda, Phil Nello, to get the updates there from him. And also we'll get a political analyst in Angola to get some insights of what's uh, happening there. But let's start our program with uh, David Mazzini, who is Amnesty International's researcher for Southern Africa. David, thank Thank you for giving us your time. Thank you very much for having me. Well, 36 years of rule by Dos Santos. It's a historical moment today to see the end of that long term from uh, uh, the president. Uh, uh, now he will be the ex-president of Angola. In terms of the historical moment that Angola finds itself right now, how important is it, David? It is really very important because... Since the man has ruled the country for almost 40 years, that means we have one full generation, people who are almost 40 years old, who have one president all of their lives. Mm-hmm. So even, even for us, you know, speaking from, the, from outside of Angola, every time we speak about Angola, think about Angola, uh, we have the MPLA and Eduardo Santos in the center of our thoughts, in the center of our conversations. So this is nothing short of historical. And given that throughout, you know, these four decades, we have had a negative human rights record, okay, this is nothing short of historical. It's a golden opportunity to actually turn the page and rewrite a new history of human rights in Angola. When you talk about uh, human rights, uh, a poor record in that regard, uh, what areas are you speaking about, uh, uh, David? Where did uh, uh, Eduardo dos Santos uh, find himself wanting when it comes to, to those particular issues of human rights? So when, when it comes to the basic freedoms pertaining to human rights, 
there have been restrictions on freedom of assembly. People couldn't assembly peacefully without fear uh, of being, you know, uh, beaten up and uh, violent, violently repressed. So, you know, the freedom of assembly has been restricted. Uh, the freedom of association, people could not freely associate with organization and political parties of their choice. They couldn't freely do that. We can talk about the freedom of expression. People could not freely express their opinions, reproduce them, and publish them, you know, throughout the country without uh, a fear of uh, being uh, intimidated and violated against their, you know, bodily integrity. So, you know, these are a few examples or areas of human rights that we can talk about. We have also seen, you know, the uh, removal of people, the destruction of their homes, even without prior notice. And they've been put in places with no basic uh, infrastructures to support human life, just to make room for new developments in the country uh, and to make room for business. So these are a few examples that we can, you know, mention the areas of human rights in which uh, the current government has performed poorly. Well, uh, let's look at also the call that you have been making as Amnesty International for Angola itself. You've made it very clear from Amnesty International's perspective uh, that uh, uh, this new government must consign uh, itself to a history of brutal suppression of human rights. And also you say that uh, it's important to see uh, a reverse of this. Yes, absolutely. In fact, the reason we make this call is because we know that the government of Angola is capable of actually turning course, of changing, because they have demonstrated very recently when they repealed, you know, the, uh, when the Constitutional Court uh, took the courageous decision to strike down the NGO law passed in, in March 2015 by a presidential decree. This law actually put stringent restrictions on the operations of NGOs, which was unconstitutional and it was not in line with international human rights law. And we have seen the courageous decision that you know, the Constitutional Court took to actually reverse course. So the reason why we make this call is because we know that the Angolan government is capable of changing course of actually upholding the rule of law and human rights. So what we are calling for is not impossible it's doable and there are few exceptions Mm. of what is possible but we want these exceptions to be the rule in the coming government well also in terms of uh, the that particular point that you're making there we know that uh, it has been predicted that uh, uh, the current ruling party, uh, the People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola, stands a good chance of winning these particular elections. But what has been actually questioned is the uh, person who has been chosen as uh, uh, Eduardo dos Santos' successor, Defense Minister João uh, Lorenzo, who is said to have been a loyalist uh, uh, of uh, uh, dos Santos himself. Uh, and uh, people are actually predicting the fact that he will actually uh, fail to tackle the issues of corruption and the dire poverty that is faced in Angola. And also another issue that has been raised in in that regard is the issue that uh, uh, he's very much 
allied to allied to uh, the current president will still be the president of uh, the party despite him retiring as president yes let's not forget that in this election we have five political parties and one political coalition running for the election so basically it's six contenders that we have in the race and whoever wins this election whether it's the um, vice president of MPLA, Lorenzo, who wins, or it's somebody else in, in the opposition wins, we expect them to turn the page. So let's say Juan uh, Lorenzo is able to win the election. Here he has a golden opportunity to distance himself from the... I'm not Hello? Well, uh, I think uh, we've got someone else on the line there, but uh, uh, we'll see if we can sort that out a bit later. But let me, you can continue there, uh, David. Yes, yes. So I was saying, you know, let us suppose that, uh, you know, the leader, uh, the vice president of MPLA wins the election with the presidential candidate mm, mm, of MPLA. Mm. Let's suppose he wins the election. Sure. Here he has a golden opportunity to rewrite the history of human rights in Angola, Mm. to create a new dispensation in Angola in which the rule of law and human rights thrive. So uh, despite his loyalty to the incumbent president and to the political party, he has uh, the golden opportunity and he will have the power uh, to change course. In fact, uh, the, the question of corruption uh, and, uh, you know, combating corruption has been emblematic aspect mm. of his uh, campaign. So let us give him, let's say he wins, let us give mm. him a chance mm. to demonstrate that, in fact, he will abide by all the promises mm. that he has made during the campaign trail. Mm. And for our particular focus, we want him mm. to actually create a government that respects the rule of law and defends and promotes human rights. He has that mm-hmm. chance. Well, I'm going to take a quick break. Stay with me there. Uh, we've got uh, on the line there from Amnesty International, uh, David Martine, who is giving us uh, his breakdown on the situation in uh, Angola. We know that uh, uh, the elections are currently underway in the country there in Angola. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. We'll see if we can uh, touch base with our correspondent in Luanda, uh, Phil Nello on the line. Uh, let me take a quick break and then I'll be back. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa giving you that African perspective. Today we're looking at uh, the Angolan elections and we started the conversation with uh, uh, David Martina who is Amnesty International's researcher for Southern Africa. Let's see if we can get Phil Nello on the line, our Channel Africa correspondent based in Luanda. Phil, can you hear me clearly there? Yes, I can hear you 
Phil, can you hear me? Hello? Hi, Phil. Hi, is this Phil Nello? Hello? Is this Phil? Yeah, you are. The sound is not really very clear. Can you try to the question, please? All right, Phil, I just wanted to just get a sense of how this morning is going in the country in terms of the elections. Well, uh, so far, we are in the area where I am, in uh, Rwanda, uh, polling stations open by 7 o'clock. And so far, in the area where I am, and the polling station that I visited, this morning, everything is uh, running smoothly. We'll see how things will go uh, during the day. Uh, we have not yet received any reports uh, from the country. <coughs> I'm going to meet uh, in, our, uh, in one hour time, like this, so that uh, we can make an assessment mm. how things are moving throughout the country uh, you know, right now. I think as a second keynote, we also have problems with our party delegates, you know, for the presentation process. Mm. Uh, it seemed it was that the National Electoral Commission was to play games as far as mm. uh, uh, party delegates are concerned. Because even last night, they still pressuring so that all the, de- all the party delegates from the opposition well, and in terms of uh, just uh, the process itself, because you're also highlighting some of the challenges in terms of uh, uh, the media, uh, what other challenges have we seen? Because already I heard the two main opposition uh, parties, the National Union for the Total Independence of Angola, or UNITA, and Broad Convergence for the Salvation of Angola Election Coalition have said there were irregularities in the election preparations. And uh, so far, have we heard any um, insights on uh, irregularities in terms of the election process today, this morning? Well, I didn't get you very well because the sound is not clear, but I, I got you in the context. All right, I think that we'll try to... Uh, to say that sure, okay. ever since the beginning of this process, uh, we have uh, uh, found out so many regularities uh, since the beginning with the registration process. Because the registration process uh, was done by... Uh, the Minister of Administration. And uh, the Minister is one of the candidates as this president for the party power. So from that point of view, you can understand what I, I'm trying to, uh, to, tell, to tell you right now. So the registration process was quite complicated, and we found out so many realities during the whole process up to now. We raise these issues a couple of times with the National Electoral Commission, but there was not really a concise dialogue in terms of having the will for the National Electoral Commission to resolve all these problems. We came to the day of what is today with all these irregularities and resolved them. That's one of the questions that 
we still had in mind. And in, and in terms of the feelings on the ground, how people are feeling today about the elections, is there a sentiment, is there a feeling from the people on the ground around how they feel about the elections? Well, there is a national-wide feeling of change. People, they want change. The party in power for the past four years has been rejected by people. You can feel it throughout the country. Mm. Now the problem is how the electoral process was organized. Mm. That is one uh, 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 problem, not in Angola, but in Africa in general. Mm. The way uh, passing power, in, for many, many years, they organized elections. We have the same problem in our country. So that I'm telling you that uh, uh, people throughout the country, they want to change. Uh, because uh, uh, the grievances of the people are there. The NTLA for the past four since uh, independence was not able uh, to solve many of the social problems affecting the lives of our, our people. So today, Angola, they won't change. But the problem is how this process was organized. Since the government knew that they didn't have popularity throughout the country. There is, uh, there is, uh, 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 there is, is uh, the people they want to reject mm. the, the way the NTLA have governed the country. Mm. So the feeling of change is high. The expectations are very, very, very high throughout the country. All right, Phil, thank you for giving us your time. We're going to just uh, uh, let you go there. I know that we might get a later update from you. Hopefully we will uh, just to get uh, just the outcomes of the day. That's Phil Nello, uh, Channel Africa respondent there, correspondent joining us there in uh, Luanda there. I'm going to uh, just take a quick break and then I'll come back to you, David Martine, Amnesty International researcher for Southern Africa, uh, just to get more areas from your analysis on what other uh, main issues need to be dealt with in Angola. Hey, we are looking at the Angolan elections. We're struggling to get through to one of our other analysts, but we'll continue to try see if we can get more of a breakdown. We love getting the voices of the people of the country themselves, not just getting outside analysis, but getting into the countries themselves and really getting into the crux of the matter of the sentiment, the people's views, and also just how the environment is on the day of elections. We know elections are very, very tense and fragile on the African continent. Whenever we have elections, it's very, very important that also media participation is enabled. And we heard there from Phil Nello that they've been having some uh, problems there in, in, in terms of even uh, the access uh, to some uh, parts there of the country. But let's take a quick break and then we'll be back. It's 11.26 Central African time. David, stay with me there on the line and I'll be back with you after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre de soleil. Pula, 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 pula,
Kia Makande Embalelo Kina Miriam Está na companhia do Serviço em Língua Portuguesa do Canal África, a voz de Renascença Africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Sochitika Mu África. Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms on Shortwave, on our, our DSTV Audio, and as well as uh, online on www.channelafrica.co.za. We want to be right in the actions of what's happening today. The Ngolan elections are taking place today. According to Phil Nello, things are going well today so far at the elections. During the preparation period, there have been uh, complaints from two main opposition parties, UNITA and and also uh, CASA uh, CE that have said they see irregularities in the election preparations. But let's see if we can uh, touch base uh, uh, with uh, uh, Alcides Sakala before I move to David Martine, who's a political analyst joining us on the line. Alcides, thank you for giving us your time. We've struggled getting through to you, but finally we have you on the line. Let's look at the first question that I want to ask for you in terms of the environment right now, the political space that... uh, uh, Angola finds itself and I know that it's 30 years of having one president and just like our previous analyst was speaking David saying that 40 years is a long time some people have lived their entire lives up to 40 years uh, with one president this is a historical moment for Angola in Alcides uh, well uh, thank you for the contest uh, because the sound there are some cuts, you know, while you are talking, uh, there are some cuts and lines. Okay, okay. Because I, I was saying that uh, sure. uh-huh, the feeling of change today in the country is very high. Mm. Uh, the expectation with these um, uh, elections today uh, for change are also very high uh, throughout the country. And the party powers, they know that. Because uh, the crisis, the economic, social, and the moral country is so deep today that has affected negatively the lives of uh, most of the Angolans. Mm. So that people, they want change. They want change. And we think that the best change is through uh, the balance. That has been our view uh, since the end of the conflict in Angola. Mm. As I said before, we have complaints, a lot of complaints, <laughs> grievances, uh, with the way the process, the electoral process was organized. Uh, we find out so many irregularities. We made a lot of memorandums to the government, to the National Electoral Commission, mm. to the diplomats in Rwanda, to call the attention of these irregularities and the negative impact that they had in the overall process, but we were not understood by the National Electoral Commission. And the way they tried to resolve it was done so slowly, so slowly, that now we are facing all these problems, you know, especially with the accreditation process mm, of yes. the party delegates. So, so that's one of the problems that we're facing 
even after last night. Mm. We have to take our party delegates on the streets in front of uh, the provincial electoral commissions to pressure them so that they can be accredited. But it was very, very, very difficult throughout the country. And it was something done deliberately. Well, what you're highlighting there, Mr. Sakala, is not very much a, a good uh, sign, uh, especially at this moment where we find ourselves uh, with these elections, the claim that there have been these irregularities. But so far today, in terms of how the process has went with people going to the polls, how has that environment been? Have we seen uh, a good turnout from the voters and our polling stations are actually uh, in a healthy state with uh, observers and the, the right systems put in place for elections? Well, people are telling me, as far as I saw this morning, the polling uh, station where I testified I <coughs> this morning here in the area where I'm living, uh, there is a lot of people coming, you know, for voting, which is a positive as a, an mm. exercise of citizenship is positive on that side. But the problem is the way this process was organized. That is the question of mm. uh, that uh, we, uh, we have. At least this time we have done it best. We tried all over the country to have our party delegates and every polling station at the table when polling station that was done uh, successfully, mm. even though there was some uh, obstruction uh, from the National Electoral Commission, at least still we are able to have one party delegate in each table, you know, uh, mm. that was done with a lot, a lot of difficulties. That's why we are going to see how things are moving uh, this afternoon, so that we can have a more realistic all right, I'm going to let you go there, Alcides, uh, and uh, we'll uh, get an update from you, I'm sure, later in the <laughs> evening. And I know that also we're struggling with our Angolan lines there, but thank you for giving us that update uh, uh, from the country there. That's Alcides Sakala, political analyst, giving us his time. Uh, let's come to you, David Martine, uh, Amnesty International's researcher for Southern Africa. We've heard some uh, complaints from both our journalist Phil Nello and also from Alcides Sakala around the uh, registration processes as well. And uh, uh, how dire are those little complaints that are coming uh, right now uh, during this election season? I know that even Alcides was highlighting that there have been problems even last night. They've been trying to deal with some of the irregularities. Um, it, it was very difficult to actually hear what those two gentlemen were saying. In fact, I the, the line was very bad. I couldn't I couldn't hear what they were saying. I was just uh, highlighting what they were saying. The fact that they yes. been experiencing registration irregularities in, in that uh, from. Uh, during the uh, period of uh, the campaigning processes until last night, they've been complaining to the election commission around ir- irregularities around registration. Yes. So, you know, in, 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 in most uh, in African elections, there are always you know, uh, certain irregularities in the mm. elections. Mm. And we are hoping that these irregularities will not amount 
to a serious you know, violation of people's right to express themselves uh, on the ballot box. They will not amount to um, people go, going to the ballot box, you know, feeling intimidated. We trust, you know, that those irregularities are, are not leading into that. And uh, to get back, you know, to, 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 to the question you asked earlier on and the things that I was saying mm. earlier on, you know, giving the example of uh, what, you know, the, uh, the Angolan government could do and what it has done, we see that actually in Angola there is a huge uh, legal edifice in which the government acts to restrict human rights. For example, you know, the freedom of expression, the freedom mm, of the press. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and one of the irregularities uh, related to this has been people's access to information mm. uh, on the basis of which they can make an informed decision about which political party, which leader actually uh, speaks to their uh, interests. So here we have uh, repressive laws. So, so, for example, at the beginning of this year, uh, the Angolan Congress introduced a suite of five laws that actually aim to restrict freedom of the press, expression. So, for example, uh, the radio ecclesia, mm. the, the, the radio of the uh, Catholic Church in Angola, mm. is only allowed to broadcast within the city of Angola. Mm and not beyond that. And we have seen that these laws have been used to actually prosecute journalists and critics of the government uh, under the pretext of actually defaming, defaming the government, mm. defaming mm. state mm. officials. Mm. So we are calling for the new coming Angolan government to continue with striking down you know, these kinds of laws in order to, co to, to create a conducive environment for people to freely express themselves, associate themselves, assemble themselves, and express their opinions without uh, mm. fear from their own government. Well, look, what's also concerning here, David, I have to let you go now, but in terms of uh, the National Electoral Commission, uh, there were sent complaints by various uh, parties, and as we heard from our analysts there, even this morning, but they've been impartial in, in, in terms of their work, not taking some of the uh, complaints seriously of these irregularities in the election preparations. Uh, what can we say about that situation? Clearly, it's a no-no. Uh, our question is, does that kind of practice actually promote human rights or not? That's our criteria for judging the actions of the government and government uh, institutions. So if our conclusion uh, uh, is that clearly, you know, these attitudes and behavior of these institutions have restricted uh, the human rights, of Angolan people, then we have uh, a clear call to make in the positive mm. direction. Mm. Yeah.
All right, so we're going to let you go there, and then I'm going to just take one more break, and then I'm going to come back with our uh, executive producer in our Portuguese service here in Channel Africa, uh, Charlie Kumalo. Let's take a quick break. A lot of things that are happening, worrying situations indeed around uh, uh, the elections themselves, especially the uh, preparation process, and even some of the complaints that we heard that lasted until last night about some irregularities that occurred uh, in uh, uh, the steps of preparing for elections in Angola. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. I'll come back with our executive producer here at Channel Africa for our Portuguese service. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa. Bringing you the African Perspectives. Well, uh, let's wrap it up uh, with our uh, final uh, part of the conversation with Charlie Kumalo, who is uh, an executive producer for our Portuguese service. They've been following the situation for a while, even the preparedness of the elections. Clearly from just uh, the feeling that we get uh, uh, this morning, there is a lot of hope for Angola in terms of just the aspirations of the people, uh, Brachali, but there's still some concerns during these elections still with these uh, complaints of irregularities. Exactly. Their complaints will always be there. Mm -hmm. One, the main problem is that uh, opposition parties were complaining about the composition Mm -hmm. of the Electoral Commission, which uh, the government was adamant not to reform so that it can be representative to all political parties Mm -hmm. taking part in the elections. Mm -hmm. Opposition parties look at it as an organ of a government. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, people are just taking part in the process for the sake of democracy. Mm -hmm. They do not have any hope in the whole thing. And uh, I can rest assure you that uh, victory has been signed and sealed for the ruling party under mm. these circumstances. Mm. One, one other major complaint was the use of state resources. Mm. Mm. Complaints are that the ruling party was getting more than enough coverage from national radio station and television station, mm. whereas other parties taking part in the elections did not get a fair coverage. Mm. Two, the man who was campaigning for the presidency, or the man who's standing in now as a new president of Angola, that's a Joao Lorenzo, had an opportunity of traveling around the country, mm. even in far remote areas of the country, mm. flying around, campaigning for the MPLA party, whereas uh, those from the opposition did not have sufficient resources mm. to do so, mm. even just outsk- on the outskirts of the capital, mm. Luanda. Mm. They were complaining about resources having come very late, that's the funding. Mm. And of course, they were never enough. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we were talking to somebody from UNITA. He mm. said, uh, I'm sorry, not even from UNITA, it's a journalist. Mm. He said, uh, UNITA was complaining about uh, importing uh, the, what they call, the, they call it the banderas in Portuguese, I'm sorry. Mm. The banners. The banners. For, for the banners, yeah. Yes. For them to import them, they need to pay $100 per banner mm. as an import tax, wow. which is a lot for you need. Mm. Whereas the ruling party is having banners all over the capital, all over the country. Mm. You can see from what I'm saying that the, the playing field is not level mm. to all the political parties. Well, look, let's take things forward right now in terms of let's try to be a little bit optimistic. I mean, 
and see if the, the the way forward here. I mean, there is a chance of seeing some form of changes. Thirty eight years of uh, one strong man is actually uh, it's a long time for one person to be a president for. But now we're seeing this historical change, and uh, we've heard from most of our guests from outside saying, "Listen." This is something that people are hopeful about in Angola. People are putting their hopes up for something new and they want to change. Are you hopeful? No, I'm not. <laughs> Come on, virtually. <laughs> I, I'm not in the sense that uh, the man succeeding the current president mm. has been appointed by the current president. Mm. It's not a question of the man was put to public for the people to see that is the right man mm. who can bring about radical changes, mm. who can move our country forward. Mm. So we just see a continuation of the same process. Mm. Hence, if you look at uh, the people who took part uh, in the rallies of the opposition, mm. most of them were youths. Mm. And you know when the youth can stand up and say, we now need change of leadership. Mm. We are sick and tired of the current status quo. Mm. You must actually know that now. The country is now you know, getting ripe for change. Mm. Whichever way they find it necessary, but uh, they've had enough of mm, 38 mm. years, I mean, of one person. Mm, mm. Well, that's how we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to be analyzing this, and I know that uh, your team as well is looking at this situation very closely. But Charlie, uh, what can you expect maybe later in the Portuguese service uh, looking at more updates in, in the day? Well, we'll be looking how the process went on, mm. especially uh, in the capital mm. and, of course, uh, other big cities around the country. If uh, logistics was prepared mm. at the right time, mm. everybody who was eligible to vote did so mm. or had an opportunity to do that. Mm. Yeah, because uh, if people are going to say voter material arrived late or mm. voting station closed early, I mean, we will say, no, the whole thing was tailored. Mm. You know? mm. yeah. Even if, I mean, the elections can be a walkover to mm. the ruling party, mm. which is what I expect, mm. but at least the people must have an opportunity to vote, especially those who register. Mm. Every eligible voter must take part. That's what we're going to look into. And, uh, of course, uh, if uh, the voting material is enough, mm. and, of course, there were no obstacles at voting mm. stations, mm. people were free to do that. Mm. That's between 4 to 5 today, right? Precisely, yes. So we'll get that update between 4 to 5 uh, in our Portuguese service, getting the latest on what is happening at the Angolan elections. I know Africa uh, midday as well is also uh, getting some updates uh, for you on this very, very fast-paced moving story on the elections in Angola. 